0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFL Sunday An unmatched dual threat.
0: Up. All you ever ask for is an opportunity. You got it today.
1: Where else would you be than right here? Right now. The
2: Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder through gear. Be
1: aggressive. You have literally nothing to lose. You're a borderline football team. If I don't keep laughing about this stuff, my teeth are gonna turn around and devour my brain. The Bills make me wanna.
3: The NFL just put out a statement clarifying a situation that has affected several teams across the league. We've had some of them, uh, the Cleveland Browns are one, the Chicago Bears are another, who've altered today's schedule due to some irregularity in COVID testing. You're seeing the statement right here. What happens is the NFL works with a national company, BioReference, uh, and... These results are sent to different labs to process it. Several teams received several positive results, all from the same lab in New Jersey. So what the NFL has now done is dig deeper, go back, retest some of these results and see which of these positives were actually real positives, which were false positives. For instance, the Bears had nine players and coaches test positive. They then retested them with a point-of-care test and they were all deemed to be false positives. All tests came back negative. That is good news. In fact, it's a good test run for what may happen during the season if something like this uh, happens, if it's some irregularities in testing. So the NFL and the teams are are dealing with it today.
0: Welcome,
1: everybody, to another edition of the Rock Bell Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill Season Ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And that was Mr. Ian Rappaport talking about a covid scare in the nfl chris it's a tuesday night there's no bills fans allowed in the stadium for the first month of football and a woman just made a million dollars in her first day on only fans is this the end of days
2: sounds <laughs> like it i didn't
1: i'm drinking seagrams because you have a girlfriend i swear to god the world is actually coming to an end around us all right <laughs> i'm kidding folks it's hyperbole In fact, if anything, I feel better than I have in a long time, Chris. And I'll tell you why. This situation that Mr. Ian Rappaport just opened the show talking about, I think I have a difference of opinion from a lot of people who were taking this in over the weekend. I can't wait to get to it. I think we should jump right into it as part of this week's Bill's News Update. Bill's COVID scare and the NFL fallout. I mean, Chris, with all of the COVID-related bullshit that's plagued this, which, Chris, I think we've spent too much time talking about, and I hope to God this is the last thing we have to talk about it for, for the rest of the season. All of the angst that surrounded the sport of football, I think the NFL's done a pretty incredible job of not only providing options to and taking care of its players and staff throughout this preseason workout process, but... The teams that comprise the league all seem to have done a pretty good job, in my opinion, in designating plans and procedures to keep their coaches, their players, and their families safe. Now Chris, let that soak in for a second. Because let's face it, the NFL is not known for implementing things that work the way they're intended. Pass interference challenges, centralized officiating reviews, reviewing every touchdown... Chris, it's 2020. We still don't know what the hell a catch is.
2: No, we don't. (laughs) We will never know.
1: So with that in mind, even the biggest optimist kind of knew that these fantastic sounding plans that they had to try to combat this the situation we're all in nationally would have to hit a bumper snag in the road somewhere. And on Sunday, teams all over the eastern part of the U.S. fell victim to one. Just not the one people expected. Now, the news broke on Sunday morning that a wave of positive COVID tests had come back. Not just one or two, but a mountain of them. 77 in total, which just players, Chris, which Ian Rappaport, you heard him say, coaches, staff, there was people affected. Chris, everybody's tests were coming back. Yeah. A laundry list of teams are involved. Now, the news that Josh Allen wasn't at practice sent Bill's Twitter into a frenzy on Sunday morning. Were you a part of that? Where were you when you heard this news that it was even happening?
2: Sunday morning, I was probably in here, in this kitchen, making bacon.
1: (laughs) As you should be.
2: Yeah, my bacon's good.
1: The day started with Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, addressing the media in a move which ESPN's Marcel Louis-Jacques pointed out is rare for a GM, considering they typically wouldn't go out of their way to clear the air on a situation like this so quickly. To articulate that, yes... Josh Allen had tested positive for COVID, and no, they didn't believe it was legitimate. He also stated that he expected that our affected players that was Allen, Phillips, Quentin Jefferson, and Harrison uh, uh, Butler, would be back on the field by Monday. Now, Chris, 77 players between the Bills, the Browns, the Jets, Steelers, Vikings, and at least five other teams, according to Brandon Bean, were all affected by this. Now, I have a couple. I have a couple different things that I got to get out. A couple different thoughts of mine on this. First of all, as you heard in the intro, the test results came from a lab based out of New Jersey. Obviously, it came from New Jersey, Chris. Why wouldn't the screw up in testing happen in New Jersey? Why would you send all these tests to New Jersey? That place sucks. Don't take my word for it. Just ask the guy that everybody who lives there seems to love so much, Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Seriously, Chris, people love that guy. Especially people from New Jersey. They're going to fly flags at half-staff for a month and a half when, God forbid, he passes away. And yet, when you look at his catalog of music, it's filled with songs about all the shitty things about New Jersey. Look at the song Atlantic City. It's a song that makes mention of the city's ties to organized crime, both historical and current. And the whole theme of the song is supposed to be that somebody's going to meet a a, a woman's supposed to meet a guy there with their entire life savings. Because that makes sense, Chris. Let's take our whole life savings to Atlantic City, where organized crime and gambling takes place. Great. Sounds like a good time, right? Yeah, it does. (laughs) Sherry Darling, another hit. It's about hot girls being at the beach, but the protagonist of the song is stuck in the city's godforsaken traffic system and can't make it down there to see them. Chris, what is even a little bit appealing about gridlock in a state that won't let you make left hand turns, that robs you of your weekend enjoying boobs and boobs? (laughs) The Freudian slip. Boobs and babes in the sun. Anybody, anybody have an idea? Chris, what's appealing about that? Why is that a hit song? That would just frustrate me.
2: The only Springsteen song I know is uh, Born in the USA.
1: (laughs) And then there's Born to Run. Rolling Stone calls it his number one track of all time. And in that song, he literally refers to Jersey as a death trap. His words, not mine. Compares it to suicide before articulating that it's a lonely, superficial place where everybody's primping themselves in mirrors constantly trying to look cooler than they are. If everybody there is that miserable, why the hell do they still live there? Just leave. You don't have to cry about it. Don't get me wrong. Chris, the man has sold 135 million records, widely regarded as a legend. So I don't get what I, I, I understand why the Jersey crowd might like him. Just don't make him your director of tourism. Don't do that. It's <laughs> damn sure. Ugh. God, I hate that place. Of course, Jersey. Secondly, everyone calm down. Say it with me, Chris. Goose, Brava. Relax, people. I mean, because I'm petty, I did some rifling through the comments on Twitter, and Chris, I was rolling reading some of the tweets that were rolling out as Josh. It was announced that Josh Allen wasn't going to be at practice, and people lost their minds. Calm down. It's a day of practice. You don't even know what happened before you go off the deep end. Announce our season's over. Chris, I saw people penning articles about who the Bills could trade for in the event that the absence is Mm long-term. It took six hours. (laughs) It took six hours. Everyone calm down. And I guess that's it, Chris. It took hours. Not days, not weeks, but hours. And this whole event should make everyone feel pretty damn good about the upcoming season. Now, I'm not crazy. Well... Chris, that's debatable. Yeah, you are crazy. But this fiasco underscores that the NFL actually might have gotten something right when it built these protocols and systems of reporting. Imagine this, Chris. It's the Wednesday before week two of the regular season. We're supposed to go down and play the Dolphins. All of a sudden, this rash of positive tests comes back. Panic ensues. Players are ruled out of games. Game plans have to be changed on the fly or modified, depending on the personnel at hand. I mean, think about it, Chris. Teams spend the whole week installing their game plans and do their final walkthrough just a day or two before kickoff. Maybe your team gets lucky and the player's affected. It's, it's just a backup cornerback or a rotational defensive tackle that you got to pencil into the out column. But picture the chaos if your starting quarterback, left tackle, or star running back comes down on that list. How hard do you think it would be for the Bills to replace a Josh Allen, a Stephon Diggs, or a Deion Dawkins you can't, on the fly? You cannot do that. Okay? It sounds like chaos. And yet, while that risk still exists that it could happen, two facts are evident to me from this weekend's events. The first one, as laid out by Ian Rappaport at the top of the show, if an infection were to occur, these teams seem pretty adept at reacting in real time. And from the receipt of results to notification of the team – and player to response. They can act a lot more swiftly than I gave them credit for. Clearly faster than baseball, which since baseball has started, Chris has been plagued with issues ever since they started playing again. What the Mets Yankees series this past weekend got canceled.
2: Yep. Miami spent some time off schedule and so did St. Louis.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like because they can't test and report fast enough. Then if a false positive event occurs, Given each team's own rigorous procedures they've been put in place, they showed that with the staff each team has on hand committed to COVID testing, they can quickly root out and resolve any discrepancies. Does that make you feel better, Chris, about the 2020 season?
2: Uh, I, I felt that this whole situation was kind of a good thing. So it's a uh, it's a kind of like a test for if it's going to happen during the actual season. It's yeah. like that EMS test yeah. that
1: rolls across your TV when yeah. you're trying to watch something. and yeah. it beep, You're not alone. This is a quote from Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. Honestly, for us, it's probably good that it happened now because we were able to adapt and adjust and figure out the kind of things that would happen if it did happen during the season and what we would do from there. And then there's this quote from our quarterback, Josh Allen, who was, imp- Chris, you could argue one of the most high profile players impacted by this. Yes. I'm happy that it happened now instead of come the season time. If this were to happen on Saturday or Sunday, who knows if I'd be playing. It sucks that I was kind of the guinea pig and whatnot and part of that process, but I'm glad it wasn't then. I'm glad it was now and we're able to move past it. Now, Chris, he was frustrated as hell when he gave that quote to the Democrat uh, in Chronicle out of Rochester. But I think that despite missing a practice, which is obviously his cardinal concern, Chris, I... Th- I still think that this thing should be celebrated. That's right. I said the word celebrated. And that may, know, that may sound nuts, but these positive tests and the mispractice time are just small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. Because the NFL's COVID response system just got a crash test dummy style run through an outbreak. And I'm I'm impressed, Chris. I mean, let me lay the timeline out for you. This whole thing started early on Sunday morning before the sun comes up players were removed from practices in less than than hours later. According to Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer, the first call regarding results went out to the Browns' front office before sunrise. And by 6.30 a.m., the team had already moved to close the whole facility for the day so they could sanitize and quarantine everyone and everything. In that same two-hour window, the Bills were able to push back practice time so that they could get everybody who showed up on the list Fifteen to twenty players and staff in total. Everybody who was on that list, they could get them. They could get them in on site for the team's doctors, who had cleared them just the day before to confirm whether or not they actually had it. That also allowed their team to. Because Chris, think about it. The, Allen's pissed he missed a day. The Browns gave up a, a whole day for their entire team in response. But the Bills' policies and the way they reacted allowed the whole team to stay open for business and practice just without those individuals. Well, they kind of sorted through the finer details. And then less than seven hours after this whole thing started, by 11 a.m., the league had already determined that they were false positives and was already working with the lab to confirm that they were flawed. Let's run that back, Chris. Regular testing being enforced? Check. Rapid availability of results both on and off-site. Check. Interleague and intercommunication, inter-team communication of those results. Check. Proven ability to respond to positive tests in real time to protect the other players on the roster. Check. Chris, this whole thing took less than 12 hours to resolve.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty good timeline there. Do you? I think it'll next. if it happens again, it'll probably be faster.
1: I mean, Chris. I know I said earlier I was impressed, but I, I don't think that's. I don't. I don't even think it does does it justice. It makes me genuinely hopeful that the NFL has a handle on this. I mean, don't take it from me. Go back to the top of the show and listen to that e, that Ian Rappaport clip if you have to. Straightforward, Chris. No opinionation. He doesn't throw in his own. He doesn't. Uh, what do you call editorialize? Yeah. Why? Because the NFL didn't leave him a window to do so. Chris, we know these guys make their bones. You heard that, and that's the... Chris, how long has it been since you heard a news reporter of any variety? Just give you the facts, straightforward from start to finish, with no opinion interjected.
2: Uh, Ron Burgundy, Anchorman 2.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe he threw a little bit in the end, just about how he was happy about it. Which, hey, we share his sentiment. But those guys make their bones off attention, and you know how you get attention is by throwing your opinion into things, and you know what you can't do when somebody opens and shuts a book too quickly for you to interject? Throw your opinion in there. The league had it handled before it could even become a story that NFL insiders could riff on and stir up controversy over. It's proof that they may very well have used their time this summer spent working with the CDC wisely. And that they've got intelligent people designing their channels of communication. And maybe that they can keep the state of the world from impacting one of the few things in life I actually look forward to. Besides hanging out with my son and making fun of you, Chris, and your ridiculous fucking hair. It's amazing hair. I swear. Every day I see you and I just want to headbutt you a little bit more. Like, There's going to be a day. I don't know when. I don't know where. Probably on a
2: Sunday if the Bills don't show (laughs) up to play.
1: You, Chris, ugh it's coming no this weekend wasn't ideal but in my opinion every fan out there who's dying for NFL football this should be an encouraging boost of morale as we get ever closer to the eventual kickoff of the 20 Sunday
2: NFL season. Sunday Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket. TV. you can stream every live out-of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon. On your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit TV and use promo code BLUEWIRE. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun Percussive Therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you, Every product is USDA-certified organic grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body bomb for targeting relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to Theragun.com slash BlueWire.
1: So with that, we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of tonight's show. We're talking about training camp week one. And we're going to review it all with Mr. Matt Perino of NewYorkUpstate.com. Mr. Perino, it's our first time talking in a while. How you holding up over there, sir?
4: I'm great. I'm great. After a couple of real hot days out on the practice field uh, down at One Bill's Drive, we had a nice, cloudy uh, breezy day down at the at the practice facility, so it was a welcome respite from uh, the heat, the late August heat of Buffalo, New York.
1: Chris, it has been a heat wave out here the last couple weeks, unusual yeah. for Buffalo this time of year. Yeah,
2: usually when my birth- birthday hits to the end of July, like the day after, I want it to snow. Like I'm over <laughs> the hot weather. Bring on the fall. Bring on the winter.
4: You sound like my wife, Chris. I'm I'm. I'm more of keep the heat for as long as we can keep it. She wants, uh, she wants uh, peppermint milk, milk. What is it? The peppermint hot chocolate.
1: Oh uh, yeah. From
4: Starbucks. She wants all the pumpkin all the time. <sighs> Good.
1: That's most women in Buffalo. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm one of the sweatiest human beings on earth. I'll still take this heat for as long as I can possibly get it. Bills camp 2020. Training camp, probably unlike anything you've ever seen. I mean, this is your. It's been two years since you returned to Buffalo, joined the Bills beat. How different is it being there now from years past? I mean, it's a change of scenery, but it's also a change in everything. I mean, how far has your doing your job on a day to day basis at camp changed from last year?
4: I gotta be honest, it's like it's a lot more difficult to, you know. Manage all uh, the, of the changes. You know, one of the cool things about Rochester is that you're in one place all the time. You know, you go from the field to your dorm room to the press conference venues, but it's all in one place. So like, you know, there's not a lot of scrambling. You, you really kind of get a schedule and you you fit the schedule here. It's like I'm going down there, which I, I'm used to going down to Orchard Park during the season. It's it's that's pretty seamless as well. But now without a media work area. It's very just as you've seen probably on some of these Zoom calls where we're going to practice and then doing a lot of the interviews in our cars, you know, or some people are that live in Orchard Park. It's a, you know, try to quickly get get home and try to do them. But I don't have that option because I I live about 20 minutes away. So it's uh, it's tough. It's tougher. I feel like, you know, we're going pretty heavy with the podcast right now. So um, there haven't been a lot of feature stories. And to be honest with you, just just doing features is a little bit more difficult this year than in years past like you have like you you spend a lot of time in the locker room um during the season during training camp and you get to build relationships with these guys and they get like a comfort level with you and and you're able to talk to them a little bit differently now everything's done virtually and and you know most of the guys I, i i know but for guys that are just getting here, you're trying to build new relationships. That that could be tough. Well, that personally. was
1: that was going to be one of my questions. I mean, there's no in the year that I was credentialed and that I got to spend time down there on the field at training camp. There, there was the media scrums. As soon as practice would get over, the media would kind of gravitate towards players. You got a chance to talk to them. They were just leaving practice. They're usually in a pretty good mood, and I feel like you got some spontaneity. And it seems like these Zoom meetings are so heavily structured. It kind of takes some of the spontaneity out of that. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, like, you know,
4: if, in years past, I mean, I'd probably get a day where I could actually go get Gabe Davis to myself on a day. Like, there would be a day that everybody wants to, you know, especially early in camp when he's doing really well, you know, he, he would get overrun with a, a media scrum of, like, 20 to 30 reporters. But on, on a day or two after that, you know, follow back up with them and get a chance to talk to them away from the craziness. And that's sometimes where I found that my my best stories come from and everybody's best stories come from. So we're just adjusting. It's a different year. We just want to have football. Right. Like that's like that's that's the goal here. Just get us a season and we'll all be happy. We'll make the, the necessary adjustments and we'll deal with the, the difficulties to get that.
1: Well, and that's and so with that in mind, Chris, it's kind of like what we were talking about to open the conversation about this whole COVID testing flawed thing. Everyone's going to find a way. I mean, that's the mantra of the team at this point is find a way. And it sounds like the media is doing a really good job of finding a way to still create content, still watch the team, still make their own observations. So with that in mind, I want to start at the top of the food chain. Josh Allen going from rookie to leader during the two years you've been here. I mean, your first training camp came when Josh Allen was a rookie, and he was just trying to find his footing here in the NFL. Chris, we all remember what I thought about Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, we don't need to bring that up again.
1: And how raw he was when he first got to camp. I mean, hell, that's the reason Peterman got named the starter for that game in Baltimore. Yep. Okay? So, I guess... When you look at it through that lens, Mr. Perino, his transformation from kind of wide-eyed rookie to now this on-and-off-the-field leader for this football team, what's it been like to get to see that up close in person?
4: You know, I think that what's cool about Josh that I don't think a lot of people spend time talking about is as much as he probably would love to run away from the noise of the critics – he hears it just like everybody else brandon bean who you know made a pretty big decision and drafted him in 2018 with all the question marks you know with his first with his could only be his only quarterback pick depending on how this thing uh, worked out that i really like the way that they're steadfast in their belief josh in himself brandon and his guy and it it permeates in the room and you know there's going to be days where this thing is tested like he may come out here and really light things up early as guys are as teams and defenses are trying to figure things out on the fly after no spring work and a a truncated training camp and this offense could get going but when when things get tough and we get to the latter part of the schedule and the Chargers end up on the ro- on the schedule and the Niners on Monday Night Football and the Patriots in December at their house that's when you're going to learn about Josh and what I what I like is that no matter what obstacles or setbacks he goes through he seems to come out of it undeterred and you need that you need that I always feel like you know uh, what, what's what's the saying you know like you know you gotta uh, you gotta be on to the next play
3: you know mm-hmm. what I mean like
4: you can' you have to have a short memory in pro sports because it, it, you're playing the rest of the world you're gonna make mistakes if you dwell on that kind of stuff that's when I feel like mentally guys are impacted so I, I think you like what you have in him from a mental perspective. Obviously, the leadership, they did their due diligence during the draft process. They knew this is what they were getting. And he's only, you know, he's he's grown into, you know, one of the elite quarterback leaders, quote-unquote, in the NFL. And, oh, no. You know, Kim-
1: he's, he's absolutely taking command of this team. The players love him. And, I mean, that's not news to anybody listening. I guess – what I want to know is that, because here's the thing, we've watched him grow each and every year, Chris. Each year, Josh Allen gets a little bit better. He He's improved from year one to year two. In year two to year three, you hear all the stories, and you hear about him working hard. You hear all the, all the stuff players say about him, about how much better he is, how different he is. One of the things that's jumped out here in this early portion of training camp is his deep passing. Suddenly, th- there's highlight reels that exist of it. Is that just social media kind of showing us what we as fans want to see? Or is he actually getting it done with that deep accuracy, which he kind of – which was pretty shaky last year?
4: Time will tell, man. Like, I, I feel like you should appreciate the fact – Sorry about that. I'm outside. You should appreciate the fact that there are some plays being made against Air, like routes versus Air. That's, that's great. Like, he – you want an NFL quarterback to be able to make those throws. The real ones that I feel like are more impressive is when he's facing an actual pass rush, and you know, even when he's facing that in practice, it's not like what he's going to face in a game. So I think that you should be happy that it seems like he's worked through some of the kinks. But I am still hesitant to say he's going to be all right in that department because we just haven't seen it because today he unleashed one uh, down the field to Robert Foster who's back in the mix now still in a non-contact but at least back in the mix and going through practice so he must be progressing through the protocol and um, he unleashed one down the field to him and he overthrew him and <laughs> it might have been a weird it might have been a weird route by Robert Foster like he kind of broke away got separation in a funny kind of like almost delayed kind of way. And I think jo- he was behind in his route and Josh thought he was going to be further down the field, but you got to make those throws. So I think it's going to, co- we're not going to be able to evaluate that till we get to the, to the real games.
1: That's fair. Now execution in practices, which it sounds like right there, you're kind of pointing at around the NFL. The word from beat reporters is that camps have been kind of frustrating to watch and that the results are what you would expect from a truncated off season, just league wide. I mean, our own GM recently told reporters he would be shocked if the first month of live football was pretty enough for any GM to brag about. Your assessment, having watched previous Bills training camps, how, how do you feel the Bills have been given the work they've kind of put in together and just team organized activities? To, obviously, it's not going to be as sharp as it probably was in years past because they had all this extra practice. but. To your eye, based on previous experience, how sloppy on a scale of, let's say, 1 to 10 do you think it actually is?
4: You know, I think that a really good sign is that I thought I, I thought the offense started really slow, like, over the course of last week. I thought it was, you know, they were doing a lot of tinkering, a lot of – there was still probably, a, you know, uh, an element of install with adding a guy like Stephon Diggs to the mix. Um, you know, different players, uh, you know, rookie, two, rookie wide receivers or rookie running back. So it, it just looked like they were behind a little bit. The defense looked way more cohesive, which is to be expected on a normal year, even if, even if we weren't talking about adding new players. But today I felt like was a day that the offense really hit its stride. We, everybody wrote about it. Stephon Diggs, nine catches, uh, was an absolute monster. Everything that you, uh, you read in the press clippings uh, when they made the trade, you saw unfold on the practice field today and so that's a good thing that's a good thing for Josh Allen he talked about how how far they've come in a short time in terms of developing the chemistry there's still work to be done in that department and that's going to come with film study where he really credited the 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 group film sessions that he had with Cole Beasley and John Brown last year in developing the rapport with those two guys so I think it's just about day after day as much as they can try to build as much chemistry as they can. And I think that continuity-wise, we talked about this last time we did the pod, they're ahead of the game. They're ahead of the curve. And, you know, Sean McDermott runs a very tight practice. The good news is all of these rookies, Zach Moss, A.J. Epinesa, Gabe Davis, all the way to, even down to Dane Jackson, they, they, they're they getting with the program pretty quickly here. They, they feel like they're integrated pretty seamlessly into things. And that's that's great news because, you know, I think it was Micah Hyde that said, if you throw us out there day one when they reported to training camp with no spring on defense, they would have felt pretty confident on most plays because they're, they're very familiar with most of the guys on the defensive side of the ball. The same thing goes for the offense outside of Diggs and maybe Moss when he's in there. It's a lot of the same guys. So I feel like they're, they're, there's a lot of continuity. They seem very, they, they seem very comfortable.
1: Well, and that's, I guess, that's the big question that everyone has with this team, because there is so much continuity and there's so many players returning that made up the Bills team that we knew from last year. But there's so many new faces sprinkled in in certain aspects of it. And the thing that we're all curious on is how are they acclimating? Now, I know that there's not there's a lot that you're not allowed to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to I mean, we, we we've talked to Elf Artiago from the three yards per carry podcast down in Miami. And he said, Miami, they, they're like slapping knuckles with rulers down there. If any of the media gets out of line and divulges anything, any quote unquote secrets. <laughs> so I don't know how the bills are treating it, but I'm not going to ask you a million questions because you can't answer them, which is just one more thing that 2020 has stolen from me. <laughs> but at the same well, yeah. The funny
4: thing about this, Drew, is I feel so bad for Bills fans, you you guys included, because it's like you finally get a roster and a in a training camp to dive headfirst into all this stuff, and you can't even know about it. I can't tell you where Cody Ford is playing and when he's
3: playing. It's in- raging. Saying,
1: oh, oh my god, it's driving me crazy. But with that said, I kind of have gotten a feel for the ins and outs of what you can and can't say. Now, you've already touched on one of them, because I want to know about these new faces. And the first one was Stephon Diggs, and you already said it. I mean, today it sounds like he had a monster day. Here's one of the things I want to know more about. In 2017 and 2018, the Bills had LaShawn McCoy as kind of their star player. Uh, But he wasn't exactly a leader in the sense that you never... Maybe he was, and we just didn't see it as fans. I mean, I know that the time I spent at training camp in 2017... People followed McCoy's lead because on the field he was a leader. But in terms of the off-field stuff, there was guys that he just kind of shrank behind, like the uh, Lorenzo Alexanders and the the, the Kyle Williamses of the world. Diggs, on the other hand, seems like he jumped in here and absolutely embodied that. Just this fiery guy on the field, off the field, on the sideline, holding private meetings with players, yelling at people if he felt like it was necessary. What do you think of his fit in that regard to this team?
4: That's one of the things that surprised me. And, you know, Brandon, you, you read so much out of, you know, a lot of these spots where these players play. And, you know, the, some of the stories that come out. And, you know, diva is a word thrown around for receivers a lot. And there's been some over the years that have absolutely earned that uh, distinction. But I think that in Diggs's case, he's so ultra-competitive like I wish I could tell you about something that even happened today that I can't even go into <laughs> because we're not allowed to we're not allowed to talk about what we hear them say or do. Like so it's like, you know, it's it's things. But I will say what I've taken away from him is that that competitive drive is is the characteristic that I think when Brandon Bean has done his due diligence talking to people in the Minnesota organization or people connected to the Minnesota organization over the course of the last year because if you remember, I think the Bills started poking around at the trade deadline last year on Diggs when, when things looked like they were heading south in Minnesota. So they spent a lot of time doing their due diligence on him. And what I think they came to find out is that one of his biggest problems is he wants to win so bad that sometimes that impacts the way that he behaves. And I think that in this room, as long as that's your main problem, it's not going to be a problem because everybody in there wants to win, and there. I just think that, you know, you look at some guys like around the league and, and how they lead their teams. And Kim Jones from the NFL Network was in town, and I heard her radio spot today, and I just I thought it was pertinent because she said she she travels around the league and she goes into locker rooms all over the NFL, and she said one of the things that stands out about Josh is that no matter what, he always takes the responsibility, and he always you know, takes up for his guys. And that plays. And I think that for Stefan Diggs to know that no matter what happens, his QB is always going to have his back. His coach is always going to have his back. Everybody just raves about McDermott being a player's coach and a guy that really goes to bat for his guys. He found himself in a perfect environment where he can be comfortable and be himself and go out there and, and be a guy that's just absolutely sick to his stomach if he's losing. And I think they like that about
1: him. Oh well, and here's as you're saying this, I'm thinking in my head about the uh, the recent uh, Zoom meeting with Cole Beasley, where he admitted that this past off season he kind of got away from. He shut off social media. He read some books. He went out, and he decided that he doesn't care about stats anymore. Now, to me, that's relevant because I was on a cruise the April that we signed him. You know, we signed him in free agency in March. I'm on a cruise ship, and I'm—mind you—I I think the reason they thought I was cool—that I, that I was cool enough to party with—it was a group of hard-drinking Cowboys fans who liked me because I was strutting around in an American flag speedo with the angry bald eagle face right on the butt. They decided I was their people. And so, as we're sitting around talking, just drinking, boring our wives to death because we're all drinking a lot and just rambling about football, the one thing I kept hearing was good luck with Cole Beasley. Good luck with that guy. He's a me guy. He doesn't give a damn about your football team. He just, he only cared about himself the, his entire career here. You're never going to change him. And yet, after one year in the process, he's completely changed his tune on what he wants to be and how he views the game. Hearing that Stephon Diggs is already coming in with this mentality, he seems like a perfect candidate to fit into that, don't you think?
4: Oh, 100%. I think his fit is perfect here. And I think that his presence changes everything for John Brown and Cole Beasley to the point that I think that there is going to be nothing but harmony between them. The one thing I I do worry about is, I remember Cole in the locker room after the Houston game last year, and the, he was pretty dejected about, you know, not. I think he felt that he would, if he would have had some more opportunities in that game, there might have been a different result. And you know, you sit there and you watch a guy that's coming over from the Canadian Football League and Duke Williams get ten targets and you know the most of any receiver in the wild card round, and you're probably sitting there thinking, what the heck, man? I mean, we had this, we kind of built this thing all year. I think it's a little bit different if those ten targets go to a Stefan Diggs. And, you know, he lets you down, I guess. But I'm not so sure that happens. I think Stephon Diggs catches that ball in the end zone. He's been a a pretty routine playmaker throughout his career. He's made big plays in playoff games.
1: Uh, If you tease uh, me, I can't go back. I'm already thinking about revisionist history, and it's making me sick. So let's move on to rookies, because we know Stephon Diggs, it sounds like he's bringing the goods. When When I look at these rookies, if we're talking about new faces, first of all, it's not all positive. Trey Adams. The guy finally made some headlines. He was a guy that a lot of people had kind of high in terms of, well, he's an undrafted free agent, but he used to be viewed as a first-round draft pick. Great that we got him. He's probably going to come here, and our coaching staff's really good. We could work him up. From the sounds of it, he finally made the made a headline, and it wasn't for anything positive. It sounds like he's having have a really hard time acclimating to the NFL. I mean, have you noticed him at all?
4: Yeah, I mean, the last two days, it's been pretty noticeable how uncomfortable he seems to be. And I don't doubt it. I mean, just two days ago, we were talking to Brandon Bean when everything was going down with all these COVID uh, false positive tests. And he said, like, rookies are going to struggle this year probably more than any other year. I mean, they're coming in here, a lot of them blind. And, you know, and another thing on on Adams is, listen, usually guys that end up being undrafted free agents – after the draft are that way for a reason. And I know a lot of the injury stuff was mentioned, but I've seen plenty of times over the course of you know NFL history where draft history, where a guy that maybe has some injury problems, you know, might fall in a little bit in the draft, but you usually don't go from first, second round pick to undrafted unless there's other issues. And, you know, I, I hate to um, speculate on what those are, because we haven't had a chance to really ask anybody or Trey himself about what's going on, but it just seems to me like it's a, a rookie that's, at the very least, a little bit in over his head. And that's okay. I mean,
1: you're an undrafted you free agent. Nobody's asking you to come he, in and move the needle. It's just, I know a lot of people. Uh, Clayton Garrett from the Cold Front Report said that he was super interested in Adams. It's just one of those things where any time that you're relying on an undrafted free agent rookie I mean I think that that's why when you look at the makeup of the Bills roster it's so important that we have this continuity of veterans just here they've been in this system they've been in the NFL we don't have to rely on guys like Adams to make a splash which is telling because Chris how many years in a row do we go into an off season talking about oh, this undrafted free agent wide receiver he's gonna make the team and he's gonna be a star yeah and th- Sills. And this is one of the first years we haven't had to do that. So I feel pretty good about it. Now, A.J. Upanessa, there's a guy who already had himself a, if I can put it in quotes, a moment where he was caught on tape, clearly just blowing veteran right guard Brian Winters off of the snap, then finishing him after the whistle. Something that Chris, and because he's because he's Chris, was quick to use as a reminder to all of our Twitter followers that when I don't like a draft pick, they usually end up being pretty damn good at football.
2: Well, I think you got off the hook on that play because there were from Bruce Nolan and Eric Turner that he might have got his feet tangled with the tackle, and that's why he got blown up.
1: What do you see from Epinesa I'm just a, throughout the first week? I mean, obviously you have Trey Adams at one end of the spectrum. Where does A.J. Epinesa fall on that rookie spectrum?
4: He seems like comfortable, like nothing about what's happening on the field when he's on it um, seems to be frustrating him or putting him in out of his depth. He seems like he's meant to be there and he's, you know, I I anticipate him being somebody that can make a uh, make an impact as a rookie, which I think as a Bills fan, you got to be thrilled. And this is a guy that, you know, big time contributor, uh, you know. Uh, production was there at Iowa. Like I, I don't think that that's surprising in the slightest. I think that you know the expectation should be there for AJ Abanesa. He's having some success in some one-on-ones. He's not popping as much in the in the eleven-on-eleven drills. Uh, but it's tough, man. I mean, listen, again, another guy who would have benefited greatly from just a rookie minicamp at the very least. Not to mention three weeks of OTAs. So you know the 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 runway is a little bit longer now to. You know, when you you land on a spot where you feel super comfortable and you're, you know, you're out there, like everything is like second nature. Uh, But all things I can't say a bad thing about Epinesa so far.
1: And then there's Chris, first of all, does that make you feel better knowing that you hate my critique of most draft picks we make?
2: Uh, Yeah, I like hearing that Epinesa is, you know, he's not wowing people, but he's not in over his head like Trey, Trey Adams is. So I'm, you know, week one is the Jets. They don't really have an offensive line. So hopefully, you know, he gets some pretty good reps against the bad O-line.
1: What I like are the reports that he's being moved around, and they're experimenting with him in different ways because what they're trying to do is find out, hey, you're probably not going to be in a heavy rotation. Chris, we talk about how McDermott loves to throttle down snaps for rookie players. Yeah, weeks one to eight. We saw it with Singletary last year. Unless it's a need.
2: Absolute need.
1: An absolute need. He won't throw you to the Wolves. He'll massage you in. Well, with the makeup of this team, there's no reason for him to have to rush Epinesa. So right now, they're taking camp and they're experimenting with where they can use him. How he works against interior linemen versus tackles. Because you're talking about bigger, slower guys who don't have the athleticism to play the outside. Maybe that's where he can win. It'll be interesting to see how camp progresses and what the finished product looks like week one. But right now, the returns look pretty good on him. Now there's the guy that everybody is talking about, Mr. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, the guy catching all the buzz. You've covered a lot of camps. Is this just typical hyperbole being heaped on a prospect? Isn't that because he's making plays against air? Or do you think that the, the stuff Gabe Davis has been kind of doing during camp that he's being renowned for? Kind of is a fit for what we're trying to do here on offense. Come the regular season,
3: so
4: I think Gabe Davis is the real deal. I'll say that at the top. Wow! I All
0: right, do, putting a stamp
4: on it. I do. You know, I'm always hesitant to overreact to training camp stuff because, Which especially is- like you mentioned, even the one-on-one stuff. Like he beat Trey White the other day. Everybody was going nuts about that play. And listen. That's a big league NFL catch. Like fighting for that all the way to the end of the play against an all pro cornerback. I mean, that's no small feat. But like, you want to see it in a game. The cool thing about Davis is, and why I think he is, you know, I'm entering the territory of I think he's going to be a camp miss kind of player is because of who he's surrounded by and the lack of need for him to produce at a high level right away. Everything you get from him in his rookie season is going to be gravy. Because you got, you know, arguably the best starting three receivers in the AFC in, in Brown, Diggs, and Beasley. So Davis can kind of come at, at his own pace. He's so good. He's so versatile. Everything that you go back and you watch his tape from, from UCF and you see some of the big plays that he made there, man. That's all happening on the practice field right now. See, like and that's, it's,
1: I guess that's it's what crazy. I'm interested in is because we see the highlights. Obviously, they put this stuff on Twitter with all this tri- – They've shrunk the list of things the media is allowed to tell us to to a frustrating degree. But so, to your eye, without getting yourself in trouble or us in trouble, when you see the whole of his practices, you still walk away impressed with him as a prospect.
4: Oh, 100%. I mean, this guy is huge. He's got versatility like crazy. And I'm not even talking about versatility where he lines up. I'm talking about what he can do when he's on his route and up against a defender, I mean, he can he can high point you, he can get separation and beat you. He's just a talent. He's grounded, and I think the Bills are going to have a real advantageous situation where they can go into next year with a cap that's going to shrink by more than probably twenty million dollars and a bunch of you know moves that they need to, on the horizon. You talk about Trey White, you talk about Matt Milano, even Allen and Tremaine down the down the road. You potentially could move on from a John Brown who you can save $8 million on next year if you're confident in Gabe Davis as your number two receiver. So they're in a great spot now with, with the guys they have at, these, and, at receiver.
1: So now before we let you get out of here, here's a, so th- this week practices are going to keep going. The scrimmage at the stadium. Now I remember my experience with credentials at the stadium scrimmage. I mean, at one point, I I ended up lost in the tunnel, the player's tunnel, because, again, I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder for, what, at that point, Chris, seven years, three years ago? So I've been a seven-year season ticket holder. I've been attending games since I was younger, and I end up lost because you can speak to this, Matt. How convoluted is that network of tunnels and stairways and floors? Yeah, I mean, the first time you
4: walk into it, I mean— it's, it, it's, you know, it, it's a lot to figure out. Luckily, most of the times I've dealt with it, I've had somebody holding my hand or another media member to show me around. I think you told me the story where, you know, you were kind of just walking up to people and be like, yo, where do I go?
1: Oh, yeah, there was a guy, a certain uh, reporter from ESPN who big-timed me, and it was hysterical because then when he saw me, it was just a big thing. It was funny to me, and it actually motivated me. But at one point, I ended up lost in the t- the players' tunnel and ran into a frazzled Russ Brandon and his crew of like assistants. In what was clearly the middle of him, in what was clearly the middle of him, just venting about the weather and the logistics and everything that was driving him crazy. And somebody just looked at me and goes, "Who the hell are you? What are you doing down here?" I was like, "I I just need to get out." <laughs> Now, out of all the cool things I saw and I did that night, interviewing Kyle Williams, being on the field, seeing my now-wife, then-girlfriend, up in the stands, also seeing an ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend, and her seeing me on the field and being like, hey, what's up? I mean, Chris, I'm a petty man. Yeah, you are. That moment will forever be burned into my brain. But being on the sidelines during practice, just down there on the, at the stadium, it's different. It has a different energy to it. The players bring a different energy to that practice. What are some of the things that you're going to be looking for specifically when you go into that practice, and who are some of the players you'll be keeping an eye on?
4: Um, I'm going to continue to keep my eye on Zach Moss. I've been very impressed with him early on. But like any other rookie, you want to see them maintain a certain level of production. And so far, there's never been a moment where I've watched him on the field where I thought he didn't belong. I mean, that guy is... He is a great 1B to Devin Singletary's 1A, going into this thing. Now, before the end of the season, I would have no doubt that they would be, you know, 1-1, <laughs> you know, a, a pretty 50-50 split or however you, however the carries end up going. They're both equally important to the offense, in my opinion, moving forward. Um, so I'll keep an eye on him. I'm, I'm going to continue to keep an eye on what's going on on the right side. As Josh said, there's still a, a, a bit of a rotation of the offensive line that, you know, they're working through. So, uh, can't get into specifics, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on, on those position battles. And then what's going on at cornerback. I mean, Cam Lewis, he's starting to break out a little bit. And The longer Josh Norman stays out, the more chance and runway that Cam Lewis has to, to, to state his case. Uh, so there's a, so there's a lot of, uh, little things like that and, you know, just take, take just. Just seeing the continuity once they really start ramping up the team drills.
1: Man, that sounds fantastic. I'll tell you. I'll ask you this: Where can everybody find all of this, all of your observations and the content you're going to be generating off of them?
4: Ooh, great question. New York Update, Syracuse.com. It's all there, all the time. We got daily podcasts stuffing a roast beef down my face right now <laughs> like a true I professional i love it um but yeah well all my observations there every day it comes with a a, a podcast as well ryan talbot and myself well get to business get to talking so you get the instant observations and then you get a little bit more detail in the podcast
2: and then where can we find
4: you on the twitter at matt perino think about changing it though change my thing I, i'm not verified they took my verification badge a couple years ago when i was at the ufc because i had ufc in my uh handle and i knew i was probably going to transition to football at some point point. and so i took ufc out not knowing that if you change your handle they take your little your little blue check mark away what but guess what but guess what now i'm to the point where i kind of like that i got my whole mojo going i don't really want it back <laughs> i feel like i'm winning in spite of you twitter so don't give me that little blue uh Pat on the back. I don't
2: want it. Alright, you can go follow Matt Perino on Twitter at Matt Perino and check out his podcast, Shout, the Buffalo Football Podcast. It's got a great intro on it. I mean <laughs> one some of the one of the sexiest voices in in alternative Buffalo media you could have. Do an intro to a podcast.
1: What's your stupid claim to fame? You you keep saying, telling everybody that you that Perino has the second best second
2: hair? Perino, Matt Perino second best hair in Buffalo media. Obviously behind me, I have the best hair in Buffalo media. <laughs> yeah, Joe Bascalia ain't even in
1: the top five. Oh my god, dude! We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him you said this. He's gonna come over here and beat you up for that, folks. Ma- thanks for showing up tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you show up to tomorrow night's podcast for the AFC East Roundup. We're going to be talking about the best and worst storyline com- coming out of each AFC East training camp. We're going to have Mike DeBate of On Patriots, Scott Mason of the Turn on the Jets Network, Elf Artiega of 3 yards per carry. And Chris, people want to know exactly how I feel about fans not being allowed in the stadium. Do you want to know? Make sure you tune into our next show. For tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear, that's Chris Kruger, and this has been the Rock Palt Report. Did somebody say
2: playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook
0: experts.